This episode of Bright Hearth is brought to you by Garlands of Grace and our supporters at Patreon.com. It is in her own home that this warmth of heart and this openness of hand are first to be shown. It is as a wife and mother that her gentleness performs its most sacred ministry. Her hand wipes away the teardrops when there is sorrow. In sickness, she is the tender nurse. She bears upon her own heart every burden that weighs upon her husband. No matter how the world goes with him during the day, when he enters his own door, he meets the fragrant atmosphere of love. A wife's ministry of mercy reaches outside her own doors. Every true home is an influence of blessing in the community where it stands. Its light shines out. Its songs ring out. Its spirit breathes out. The neighbors know whether it is hospitable or inhospitable, warm or cold, inviting or repelling. Some homes bless no lives outside their own circle. Others are perpetually pouring out sweetness and fragrance. The ideal Christian home is a far-reaching blessing. It sets its lamp in the windows, and while they give no less light and cheer to those within, they pour a little beam upon the gloom without, which may brighten some dark path and put a little cheer into the heart of some poor passerby. Its doors stand ever open with a welcome to everyone who comes seeking shelter from the storm, or sympathy in sorrow, or help in trial. It is a hospice like those blessed refuges on the Alps, where the weary or the chilled or the fainting are sure always of refreshment, of warmth, of kindly friendship, of gentle ministry of mercy. It is a place where one who is in trouble may always go confident of sympathy and comfort. It is a place where the young people love to go because they know they are welcome and because they find their inspiration and help. And this atmosphere of the home the wife makes, indeed it is her own spirit filling the house in pouring out like light or like fragrance. A true wife is universally beloved. From Homemaking by J.R. Miller. Well, welcome everybody back to another episode of Bright Hearth. I'm Brian Sauvet, joined as always by my lovely wife, Lexi. Say hi to the people, Lexi. Hello. Lexi is uh, attempting to find a comfortable position to podcast in right now. And uh, for pregnant Americans, that is not the easiest of tasks. Am I right, babe? You look comfortable now, though. Did you get it? I think so. Dialed in? Okay. I'm concluding that I need to find some longer microphone cables to help help you wander. Sitting there anymore. Reminds me of husbands know when your wife is in labor and she's like prowling the room or doing the tiger thing. You know, it's 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 very inspiring. It's good to be here with you, babe. This is gonna be a short episode, everybody, because we are we're actually kind of in haste. We're we're close to our publishing deadline here as we record this this week. Because it has been a somewhat unusual week for us, uh, I was out. My ship was out of harbor, and so you were lonely, were you not? I was lonely, but we had lots of funny people keeping me. Yes, keeping me entertained. Yes, they are funny people. <laughs> each one of them. <laughs> it makes me miss them even more when I see the funny pictures of the funny things that they all do. I was out actually f- putting the finishing touches on um, the next Psalms album that I'm uh, hoping to release in. Probably first week of March. If you're a backer of the project, uh, even Dragon Shell and Praise, my Psalms album, then you should actually see it the first, sometime around the first week of February. So just a few weeks from now. Uh, it's been over a year coming and it's kind of in the home stretch now. So I am very glad to get it done, but I didn't miss being around my bright hearth home with my people. So we're doing a quick episode here. And actually, it was one that was requested of us from actually a good handful of people this week on 
Facebook and Twitter because I had posted this. Uh, it, it reads like this. It says, sisters, a question that can change the tone of your house overnight. How can I express warmth to my people? A cheerful, kind woman is like a bright fire in the hearth on a cold day. She draws everyone in. A cold, bitter woman is like a drafty window. Nobody wants to sit close. (laughs) And so many ladies actually had follow-up questions on that. Just specifically, what does it look like to express warmth? What does it actually mean? And uh, at least a few of them on Twitter, and I think at least one person on Facebook was asking, mainly because of either... It seems like it fell into two categories. I was going to say, are they being snarky? <laughs> no, no, no. They were okay. being genuine. They were, they were actually asking, like, help me out here. The one category was, I'm not naturally this way, or I don't, you know, I'm not a naturally, like, warm or bubbly person. They were kind of wondering, what do, what do you mean by that, Brian? Then the other category was, I think I know what you mean, and I want to be like that, but I've had no examples. No one in my life has ever shown me that. Had, you know, not a good situation maybe with my parents marriage or other female mentors or had you know actually terrible examples so how do i overcome Mm. that and learn Mm -hmm. Uh, so i wanted to talk about that because i think this is one of those fundamental questions of feminine glory and fundamental aspects of a of wifely dominion taking is actually in taking dominion of one's own spirit and oh, um, yeah, that's yep. promoting warmth towards a husband. And this is, we're going to talk, I guess, a lot about marriage, but probably also, uh, not probably, this definitely relates to your children as well. Really anybody in your home is going to be affected by whether you're warm or cold. So you want to take a crack at that? What What do you think? What do you think I meant? I mean, what, what do we mean when we talk about uh, a woman being warm rather than cold. Well, I don't think you mean primarily being bubbly, though, right? No, I do not. Actually. Okay, I was gonna <laughs> no. say, unless you happen to be I bubbly. Think, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think maybe that's where people that are not naturally convivial would maybe be more of the word mm-hmm. that I'm thinking of. Yeah, they probably see somebody who is maybe way too bubbly, yeah, and think I'm not that. So there's kind of no hope, but that's not what this is about. No. So I just wanted to clarify because. Yeah. Sometimes people can hear like, oh, am I outgoing? Yes. Or am yeah, I... That's a good way to put it. Yeah. But I know, I, I know of, and I mean this in the sense of you, you can kind of get a sense of people's personalities and how their marriages are doing as you interact in church environments and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I know lots of women that I would look at and say, she seems like a very warm woman, very kind. Yeah. No. Uh, yep, convivial. That's true is a good word yeah and but are, who are also quiet and not not bubbly at all mm-hmm. yeah you know so th- those actually i was not talking about bubbly necessarily okay <laughs> um or just outgoing or whatever that is it it's not type a type b it's one of those bubbly type b i'm just thinking of people that we've known in youth group who talk way too much <laughs> that's what i'm thinking about <laughs> i'm warm i never shut up <laughs> <laughs> yeah which that's like Sometimes for a husband, that's also. Yeah. <laughs> this actually it brings up a small side point. We'll get on topic in a second, listeners. Okay. But I do think that there is something to say here. I haven't quite thought about it this way before, but it seems like the secret sauce of of glorifying <laughs> God in your station as a man or as a woman does have something to do with being who you are wired to be by the Lord. Mm-hmm. In a joyful, self-controlled, righteous way. <laughs> yes, yeah. Because I do know um, people, both men and women, over the years who are very outgoing 
and talkative mm-hmm. and more bubbly and not obnoxious. Yeah. 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 I know. I've definitely known obnoxious people too, but yeah. And those people absolutely glorify God when they are cheerful and talkative yes. and yeah. outgoing yeah. and conversation starters and, yes. and the opposite too. Like I already said, we know quieter mm-hmm. people who are, you know, warm and kind. And yeah, it's like that, um, that prayer that John Piper said, like where he was reckoning with his introvertness and he kind of just started praying like, okay, Lord, if this is how you made me, then let me use it to your glory then. Yeah. 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 Most of the time, if, unless I'm communicating imprecisely, I would say I'm not actually trying to tell anybody to fundamentally change their entire personality. No, no, no. Um, I am telling you and what we're telling you typically with those kinds of posts that I just mentioned or even podcast episodes is that you need to be righteous and bear That's the fruits of the spirit. what I was going to say is we're not saying to change your personality, but we are saying to crucify the flesh. Exactly. <laughs> so you can use the personality as a shield yes. for the flesh. Uh, and that's problematic. Yeah. I'm an INTJ wing seven. INTJ wing sevens are absolute turds all the time. I am an INTJ, I think. Are you? I think because Misty, Misty and I have the same personality. We don't type. actually believe in this, these things, listeners. Just No, I think I've, I do like that one a little bit more. It's not, Is that the it's Enneagram? Not, no, no. Oh, I thought it was. No. Which one's the demon one? That's the numbers. That's the Enneagram one. Isn't it numbers? You guys, we don't know. <laughs> I think it's numbers. <laughs> we don't know. No. Uh, no. I think Missy actually has very helpful personality things. You, th- that you can use tools and people use them on leadership. It's just funny too, that you use that one. Yeah. So anyways. Um, people do those say that. Kind of, or they'll use the classic like, my family's Irish. We just get drunk and fight. It's what we do. We're Irish. And you're like, no, that's you're not. You're Christian, and Christians yeah. are not allowed to do that. So, Fair. what do we mean though when when I'm okay. when we're talking about warmth versus coldness, particularly for a woman okay. in her home towards her husband, and then maybe and secondarily towards the kids as well. But mainly, I'm talking about in the way that she relates to her husband. Okay, what are the characteristics of a woman who is warm rather than cold, and why does it matter? Okay, so I do think of this in terms of being hospitable and welcoming. Mm-hmm. Whether that's like with a smile or like being a conversation starter or having a cheerful attitude. Um, because the opposite would be like cold and standoffish. Yeah. Or grumpy too, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, that's how I, when I think of, especially the women that I know who are, like you were saying, obviously very um joyful and feminine and warm it's because they're approachable that's another word approachable Approachable. yeah approachable it's because they're approachable and hospitable with themselves Mm -hmm. no matter where they are if they're you know in the nursery it's at church in their own house at my house they're just very approachable and and welcoming and cheerful yeah yeah being i would say being argumentative or combative combative would be the antithesis, the opposite opposite of warm. I would say there's, I I also think a, a ditch where you're not actually necessarily like sinning, but that is just something to be aware of for, for certain personalities of ladies is the task oriented type of coldness Mm -hmm. where you have a list of things to do. And, and obviously you know what this is like. You have, we have five kids. Well, we have six kids, one of them that you carry around in your person at all times. And you have a lot of things to do. You have a, household with lots of people in it to manage. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that as you told me this is what you wanted to talk about because 
um, it can be really overwhelming. Like just getting your duties done on a daily basis can feel really overwhelming and draining. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be. I don't like using that language regularly, but I remember Layla said something that was so helpful (laughs) when she was talking about Layla Lawler, Layla Lawler. Yeah. Yeah. Like mother, like daughter blog. I don't remember the exact context, but she was like basically talking about how to save your sanity with a million toddlers around. Mm -hmm. And she was saying, you have to let charm beget charm. So the more Uh, you start to look for things around you that are either like funny or charming about your children or your life's season or, you know, could be a bad day, then that will beget more of those type of things. But if if you're just like looking for gloom everywhere, well then suddenly the rain clouds are going to get darker and darker. And then, yeah, you're going to be the naggy drippy person. But yeah, I think, I do think that helps when it comes to, um, just kind of like the task orientedness is yeah, do the task, get the task done, get the to-do list done. But are you looking for the things to laugh at along the way? Yeah. Like literally, and I'm serious, make that a, one of your list items. Yeah. Like did I s- even smile once at my children this morning? Did I, I remember a long time ago, I wanted to work towards like just saying good morning to the kids when they woke up instead of the first thing being like, be quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Which is just because uh, there was a season where it was like here. they just were loud first. Like that's how I knew they were awake because they were just being loud all of a sudden. So yeah. I just remember working towards like, okay, well, how can I give them a friendly greeting then this morning? So yeah. really building those things too into your habits, if you will. And that matters a lot for husbands too. Giving a friendly greeting to husbands is also very helpful. You know, th- think about how if a man, if you if you wake up and you see your wife and the first thing she does is kind of, ignore you while getting 50 things done or be really cold shoulder towards you. A lot of times she's not even trying to ladies. I know you're like, I'm not trying to, I'm getting stuff done. It actually costs you two seconds to turn your husband Mm -hmm. and say good morning in a cheerful way, man. And that can set the tone for the day so that that temptation can be with the task oriented thing is where you actually have really high quality ladies who are getting a lot done and they're doing a good job and they're thinking carefully and they're taking their roles seriously and, and turning a profit in their home. And, and all of that is, you know, a ton of hard work, but what you can, again, it's so simple. These principles come up over and over. The home is for the people. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Home is for the people, not the people for the home. Yeah. Especially with the husband too. I think it's important to remember that the marriage is before the children because like if you get up in the morning and you're ignoring your husband because you're doing all these things, like you're turning the money he made into all these different things for all these people and you're so busy doing that that you can't stop to thank him or say hi. Or it's kind of like, well, why did he do that? Yeah. If the payment is just like a cold wife who doesn't really seem to like him. Who's not interested. <laughs> and, and what's the point for you? You're just... Yeah. You're just a, a piece of machinery in the home at that yes. point. Yeah, exactly. That's turning stuff into food. And and it, I know, like those things do have to get done. I'm not saying they yeah. don't have to get done. The, the point isn't warmth means being irresponsible. It's no, just no, like, no. hey, everybody, you want to have caramel corn <laughs> and watch a movie instead of go to school today? Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not what warmth means. No, but yeah. it means uh, warmth is a readiness to notice with joy the people around you. Yeah, the people. It's oriented towards them. the people, yeah. It's oriented towards the people. The The thing that I think a helpful picture is like, if you think as a as a, a, a woman to your husband, you are you, you can think of him like a plant and you're like the sun in this illustration. 
and the plant wants to turn towards the warmth of the sun. Mm-hmm. Is the sun hidden behind a cloud? Is the sun mm-hmm. turned its back on him? Is the sun noticing when he's, I'm going to leave the metaphor now, when the thing that all husbands do to all wives happens, when he walks by you and he's like, my wife is here. I must pat her on the bottom. Oh, <laughs> I was worried about where you were no, going with I'm, that. No, we're keeping PG. <laughs> and he notices her and, uh, you know, gives gives her the old bottom tap that all husbands have. It's contractual when we're it's in the fine print of the marriage vows. <laughs> How do you respond? And I don't mean like every time there has to be some kind of crazy production, but it's like, do you notice no. when your husband notices you? Well, that was the other thing I was thinking about too is how a wife presents herself helps her be more open to being approachable. And Mm -hmm. because if she feels bad about herself, she's not, she doesn't want anyone to approach her. Yeah. She wants to remain hidden. Yeah. So I think that's important is like, are you not, not in a vain way, but are you just doing the basic duties of like, are you the person that's complaining about not showering in a week? That is your issue. Or not getting dressed. Yes. Correct. But there's something that happens to a person's disposition. Their dignity, yeah. When they dignify them, their yes. own self in terms of their dress or their presentation. They they yeah. wake up and they say like, like there's a difference. I can notice a difference even for me as a man. Mm-hmm. On a day when I put on a jacket with a button-up shirt and nice dress pants, dress shoes, ready to go lead chapel for the school versus a day when I'm at home and know I'm going to be doing stuff and I put on my Carhartt jacket and jeans. There's a difference in how I'm consciously presenting myself to the world. And so one thing that can happen is that a wife can end up becoming a utilitarian. Yes. Where she's so focused on the on the machine of the house that she forgets that the soul of the house is the love of the people for their God mm-hmm. and for each other. Mm-hmm. That's the soul of the house. You don't want a soulless robot that is merely accomplishing tasks. Warmth is is a key. Warmth is the expression of love. It's the interest taking in another. It's turning your face towards the other. And and for uh, a lot of the time, I think is what this looks like. And what I was getting at with the with the bottom tapping con comment is it's about responding to oh, yeah. your husband's noticing yes. of you. So it's kind of like this cycle where the uh, a woman takes effort and says, I'm going to present myself today in mm-hmm. a way that is put together. I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to put on a nice dress, do my duties with a smile on my face. And he notices that. Yeah. And husbands will notice that. And he, you know, is, and I'm not just talking about sexually. I'm talking about holistically. He takes an interest in her and he notices and looks at her and smiles at her and, you know, flirts with her. And, and she then responds to him with warmth and with a smile and is willing to be disrupted and take a minute mm-hmm. or take a few seconds and stop the task she's doing. And it's just so easy, I think, to become utilitarian and do yeah. the opposite. I think part of that is women. I was actually counseling a young wife at church today on this topic. Like if, if, if your vocations are not in line and you don't actually know what your God-given priorities are, you're going to be putting too much stuff on your plate. So when those God-given priorities like be responsive wife right now present themselves, you're, you're not going to know that that's what you're supposed to be doing in the moment because, because you, you have not thought through your vocations. Yeah. Yeah. They're out of order. The loves aren't being properly ordered. Mm -hmm. And what happens is it's not good for you either. No, no, no. 
No. It's not as if what we're talking about is a kind of Stepford Wives thing where you're just like presenting a perfect image so that you can please everybody else no. at your own expense. No, not at all. That's not what love love is like. Love pours out. But there's the principle in the other direction where he who loves his wife loves himself, Paul says. And the, the point is that it's not happy wife, happy wife, happy life in the manipulative, dumb way that people say that. It's the, if you genuinely love this person and you take interest in them and care for them, then they will be pleased and they will feel safe and they will trust you and there will be warmth in your friendship and all sorts of good things will happen for you that are better than if you neglect your wife or if you neglect your husband. So warmth is uh, about responsiveness. It's about not being a utilitarian and falling in that trap. It's about being your personality with joy and love and the fruits of the spirit and crucifying (laughs) the flesh and and not, you don't have to become some other version, some other person. You can be you. Yep. This episode of Bright Hearth is sponsored by Garlands of Grace, which is a wonderful Christian company that offers a variety of very versatile head coverings, head wraps, and headbands for sale for women and girls. And they're very versatile. Uh, You know, whether you're head covering for uh, 1 Corinthians 11 reasons or just looking for a pretty and feminine head covering, they've got you covered. Babe, why do we like Garlands of Grace? I really liked Garlands of Grace because when I was first trying to um, recover this call to head cover, I didn't necessarily want something that was super trendy and that everyone else was doing. Um, And I found their pieces really feminine and timeless in a way that just a lot of other coverings that you could pick up at Target or on Amazon just weren't. And they are very quality. And if you are a mom trying to cover in a pew with wiggly children, you know how hard it is to actually keep a head covering on. Yes. And I really like their volumizer uh, bands that are velvet and they stick to your head and I have had no issues with them. So yeah, I really like them. And they're a sister-owned company. Yeah, Christian-owned, sister-owned, and they're all made in the USA. So a great company to support. We would uh, commend you, husbands, if you're listening, go check this out as a thoughtful gift for your wife, for your daughters. They have head wraps for uh, ladies as well as little girls. And they've got a whole lot of different styles, a lot of different beautiful colors, and a really great quality company. So we're glad to have them as a sponsor for this episode of Bright Hearth. And uh, you can support us by supporting them. So head over to garlandsofgrace.com. You can use the link in the description of this episode, and we hope that you'll give them your support. I, I guess I would like to say on the crucifying the flesh point is that there are seasons in life where this really does feel like you're dying to just smile at your husband <laughs> when he walks in the door. Like I don't, I, that should not be the norm. If that is the norm, typically it, it is a seasonal reason. There's probably hormones and lack of sleep surrounding the reasons. Yeah. You're both probably feeling tired. Like it's, it is normal. I, cause the culture probably would say the opposite. Like, I don't know what would culture tell us about this. What do those feminists scream at you about? Man, there's others. There's multiple ways that they get it wrong, and some of them conflict. Some of them are like, "Don't worry about him, honey. You need some you time." The okay. answer is always more you. Okay. The answer is always gaze deeper into your own soul to find the solution, okay. and there you will find joy. And that's just not true because none okay. of us are God. And what I'm trying to say is, in those moments, it's usually something like circumstances mm-hmm. or your hormones 
or your sinful self that are lying to you and that's yep. why you don't need to listen to them. Yep. But it is actually a part of you. It's a sinful part of you yep. that you have to crucify. And that's mm-hmm. why it feels like I don't want to gratify him because I just want him to see how how sucky this job is. <laughs> yes, that is exactly. No, that that's a temptation for all of us. When we're feeling overworked or overburdened or like things are not going well, we want people to understand us. Yeah. Like people want to be understood and known. That's that's why one of the key metaphors for intimate love in the Bible is knowing someone. And if you take the time to serve someone else, it might be like, well, he just won't know how overworked I am or then he's not going to help with the dishes because he thinks I'm okay and I'm really not okay. I need him to know that I'm not okay. (laughs) And and so uh, let's talk about a better way to handle that. Okay. Because we're not talking about denying it. No. Mm -hmm. You are a creature. That's another way that, that the world would lie to you is to say like, uh, the one way is just gaze deeper in yourself and never, you know, just self-indulge. The way to joy is self-indulgence and the way past trials is self-indulgence. And that is absolutely not true. Wallowing, self-indulgent, that's just the way toddlers try to deal with their problems and it's the reason they, they throw tantrums and need a nap, right? But there is another way where they would deny your creatureliness, the world, and they might mm-hmm. say, well, just take this pill, take this thing, mm-hmm. adjust that's this chemical, true. adjust this whatever, and that will fix you. Think about it like well, that. Well, no, we're... We are embodied souls, we're creatures, and like take the young years when you have lots of young, the years we're in. Um, man, those are hard years. And they, what is it like when you're on the third week of sickness in the house and you haven't gotten more than two or three hours of sleep unbroken in a couple weeks? That is, feels hellish. Like it, ju- it just does. Even when you're trying to have a good attitude, I was going to say very hard. It, it doesn't feel as bad as it used to, but that's because I feel like we've grown calluses. in these areas. But, but yeah, it's still just by nature of being a human. You don't feel good when you're living on less than four hours. Of yeah, when you're living on cortisol and adrenaline, yeah. And so that's all. That's all very difficult. The playbook that I would want to give to a woman listening to this in that scenario is to actually understand that what we're talking about, the warmth of joy expressed in taking interest and notice in others, is actually a huge part of the answer to that. Where what you don't want to do is be cold and naggy and drippy and drive everybody away. And make everybody say, as quick as I can get away from this person, I would like to. Because that's what you're saying when you sin that way against other people. You're actually driving people away. So the answer isn't isn't to become cold and naggy and bitter. Bitterness won't do it. The answer is to ask for help. It's to sometimes it's humility, sometimes it's just like instead of ha- you know trying to convince everybody of how bad things are, it's sometimes <laughs> it's just uh being kind and cheerful and loving to your husband and and explaining to him I could really use some help in this area, this area, and this area. And and you would be surprised, ladies, like husbands and husbands listening, the way you respond to that is you do your best to help. Sometimes that looks like bringing in other people if you can. Sometimes it's reaching out to a family member, maybe a mom or a grandma, if there's a grandma around, and saying, um, can you come help uh, so that my wife can take a nap today? 
Can you come over between noon and two o'clock and uh, just do, can you come over and help at bedtime? Can you do, and just like reaching out for help and asking your husband for help. Uh, and then everybody can do their best and put their hand to the plow and just recognize that there are hard seasons. But the answer is never to give ourselves a pass. I was going to say, I think, yes, obviously that is a solution. But I think for me, more than anything, just voicing, like tattling on yourself again. Yeah, I like that phrase. It you keeps use. me accountable to like, okay, so I can say hi. He walks in the door. I can say, hey, it's been a hard afternoon. These are the things that are going on. Yeah. I'm just not feeling that great about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be grumpy, but I'm just not feeling that good about it. Yeah. And it's like Nancy always says, the example she always gives is, it's okay to be tired or, you know, it's okay to have a rough afternoon because things didn't go as planned, but it's not okay to sin over it. It's not okay yeah. to sin over being tired. It's not okay to sin over the fact that your toddler didn't behave like you wanted them to, or that dinner was burned or, yep. you know, yep. all that stuff. So Nancy Wilson, by even the way. if you can't get the actual practical help, make sure you're tattling on yourself instead of blowing up at everybody. Yeah. And then, and then like you're giving people the invitation. Yeah to extend you patience and grace yeah. instead of giving them a temptation to sin by, by like you can either extend somebody the invitation to grace and peace and fellowship, or you can give them the invitation to conflict and sin. And, uh, and maybe they don't take that invitation. Maybe they act righteously if you're being really rude and they, and maybe a no, an, a husband who is understanding should obviously respond to his wife who's having a bad day and like honestly being rude, not by blowing up at her. He should respond with patience and saying, can I, I can tell you're stressed. How can I help? You're tired. I know how it's been. What can I do? But the magic happens even in the midst of trial when everybody's following the Lord. Yeah, like I rarely, I can't even think of a time I genuinely think the solution to stressful times like that is rarely going to be, why don't you go take a stroll through the bookshop? It's not going to serve. It's not going it, to, it's like a band aid, is what I'm trying to say, I guess. And the reality just is the more kids you have, the less time is even available to do something like that. Like, yeah. you just, you have to mentally calluses, what you were saying. You have to gain some calluses because, yeah in some ways you'd be shirking your duties if that's how you cope with busy Friday nights. You get to the end of the week, you're fried every Friday night and you have to blow up on everybody and go walk around. Like that's just not sustainable. Kick you out to go on a yeah. new time. Yeah, yeah, it's not sustainable. You can start to feel in, like you are entitled to it where yeah. it's like, well, I'm having a bad day. Where's my like honey go out of the house for three or four hours and have some you time. It's just not necessarily, it's, that's not the yeah. long-term answer. What a gift when your husband when your husband's yes. able to do that. Take it, be gracious, go do the thing, go have some time. All of that is absolutely good and wonderful. But the the, the answer is not going to be I need that. <laughs> that is the solution. The solution to suffering, which is what we're talking about, is yeah, persevering through suffering and trial. Crucifixion often, <laughs> is crucifixion of the flesh. Mm-hmm. You get the joy on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. And there, and that's the thing is when you develop those calluses, there is a joy in and of itself of like the Lord sustaining you through the process, be it through supernatural strength when you've been tired or through like verses coming to mind or mental 
hacks, like whatever it is that he supplies to you, there's a joy in that. But if you are always giving up and crying at your husband the minute he walks (laughs) in the door, you're not going to experience that. Your joy will be shallow and it will probably be your feet in a pedicure bubble bath. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. shallow <laughs> it, it it's it would be like to use a masculine metaphor it's like what is the hardest part of war for a soldier it's the part when you have to charge the enemy line that's the hard part and and when you get to that moment if every time you get to that moment where what you need to do is charge the enemy line charge the flesh and crucify the enemy if what you do is say uh, Sergeant, I need to go back to the med- medical tent. I have a hangnail. <laughs> I need some, uh, I'm, my blood sugar's low. I think I need an MRE. <laughs> Could you take, I need some ministrations. It's like, well, but you're a soldier. What are you for? You go charge the line and you, that, you know, that's where the fight is. And, and in our flesh, the war with our flesh and the, the, the war for glory in, and I mean glory subservient to God's glory, the glory of being a husband and a wife working together for the sake of a productive Christian household in God's economy and you know just this these gifts that he's given us that are hard, heavy gifts like fruit on the ends of a, of a branch, um, that's where it happens. Mm-hmm. I think some of this humanity too that you're talking about, like we don't want to medicate this. I know there's genuine mental illness, but mm-hmm. there's also a lot more genuine sin. Yeah. We don't want to medicate that away, but there's also the the flip side of it where it's like how are you as a wife or mother, what are your habits like to set you up to be warm the next day? Like Yeah. I don't know why. I wish it weren't the case, but my brain can't handle more than like one movie a night or I just feel crappy all week. I don't know why. I didn't used to be that way. And I know that if I want to indulge at night and watch something night after night after night, I can't because I will feel like throwing up all day the next day. Mm-hmm. So, but I just don't know that that in and of itself too is a type of crucifixion, like having those healthy. Yeah. Understanding that you have to have good habits that will set yeah. you up for, for yes. success, emotional success, even like that's one of the things about you getting up early but to prepare the day for some of these things. If you got up every day the same minute as the kids, you would it would be much harder for you to be a cheerful person because you'd be like every day starting the day with like a a a, a stampede that you weren't ready for, in a sense. You oh know? yeah, oh yeah. So it's genuinely about a lot of these things. They take discipline yeah. and they're not feel good. Yeah, they're like ladies. You are you're strong, and the Lord has given you hands to work and he's given you work and he's yeah. given you all that and it's good. I think about that verse in um Proverbs. I think it's Proverbs 31 where it talks about she has willing hands that work. Yes, absolutely. Like uh, digging yourself out of a season of sickness is like mm-hmm. feels impossible, but yeah. at the same time nobody else is going to do it except for you. <laughs> like and the Lord strengthens your hand when you just kind of say, okay, mm-hmm. this is my job. I can't wait for yeah. so-and-so to always come in and you know clean up the mess for me, metaphorically speaking or physically speaking. Yeah, or send me to Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Somebody um, send me to Starbucks. It's a hard day. And I think some of it too is just like the, like sanctification is progressive. 
that's something like if I, I have to be careful because if I am counseling a, a young mom with one or two kids who's really struggling, some of her struggles, like I just, um, I don't have the option anymore to just sit things out like sickness, just waited out on the couch with the kids Yeah, because there's so much going on that I have to, at some capacity, keep things going. So I have to be careful and not be like, why are you complaining about that? Yeah, Because it's all progressive and it requires iteration, which is try to put a solution into practice. If it didn't work, tweak it the next time. Yeah, If it didn't work, tweak it the next time, but don't like, either give up in despair or give up in um, a fussy brine. Yeah. Don't be a cranky danky dragon. <laughs> Good book. <laughs> yeah, check it out if you haven't. Rachel Jankovic's book on the cranky danky. What is it? Sir Battleot? Sir Battleot. We're and obsessed right now. Yeah, the kids love it. And it's uh, so perfect. It's one of those books we read and then we look over at the kids and we're like. Or myself. In the mirror. I've been brewing a bitter brine today. I've been brewing a bitter brine today. (laughs) Yeah, get that one. But it's really, but yeah, so. (laughs) This episode accidentally brought to you by Canon Press. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, this really does have to do with warmth. But like, because we are creatures, it is okay to acknowledge like, no, I I probably am a human being that, I'm a human being that needs meat in the morning. (laughs) Yes, I must provide my wife I feel like death if I eat oatmeal Um, (laughs) and it's okay. Like it's okay to just, because in order for me to make that happen, it requires discipline on my part. It's not anyone else that I'm requiring sacrifice from them. It's like, well, Lexi, that means you got to get up early and make breakfast. Then you're like a gleaming chestnut (laughs) mare about to run through the fields. Is that what I you look gotta like? You got to be, yeah. yeah. You got to you got to have your oats except oats Thick for your meat. Thick with full, huh? <laughs> Thick with full. <laughs> Isn't that what a baby horse is called? Yes, yes, you're right. <laughs> Wide with full. We love it. Okay, we love why it. Are we? I don't know. I don't know what the We're, we said this was going to be short yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. not short. <laughs> well, here's the deal, listeners. Here's the deal. Let's sum it up here. When we talk about warmth, we're not talking about a certain personality type. We're not talking about some kind of like amount of bubbliness. We're talking about the fruit of the, the fruits of the spirit resulting in you being eager to smile on your people, to express warmth and joy, to take interest in them, to respond to your husband's interest in you with cheer and to do the hard work of preparing yourself to make sure that you're not letting the home become a soulless machine, utilitarian thing, but you're actually you're, you're functioning as the soul in the home where the love is what permeates like a fire in the hearth. We didn't even talk about sex. No, we didn't. There is a, <laughs> I mean, there's a huge, uh, there's a huge application of this to the marriage bed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because often, I think actually that's what most people think when they hear a cold woman. Well, what they was think it? sexually frigid. What was it? Um, the clinical, I was telling you the clinical term. I think I was listening to Danny Rohde's podcast. I have no clue which one it was, you guys. I listened to them at random. Mm-hmm. But um, Georgie was talking about, it used to be called, the clinical term used to be frigidity. Frigidity. Yes. And it was like a sexual yeah, it, low libido. Uh, low libido. Yeah. Now they, it's politically incorrect to say that. So now it's, I think it's just like female sexual dysfunction now, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> but it, the clinical term used to be frigidity and I was laughing so hard. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this before. We're going to, we're going to do at least another, uh, probably more than one episode this season where we talk more about uh, sex in the marriage bed as it relates to, you know, just this, the theme of this 
season being marriage in the productive Christian household. So, um, but I do think you're absolutely right. This is an area where a woman who is warm to her husband, it also does mean that she is eager to sexually please him. Mm-hmm. She's in, and, and also part of it is like, we didn't, usually we'd give the warning at the beginning of the episode that we're going to talk about sexy things in an episode, but um, also eager to be pleased. Mm-hmm. And those are two, two sides of the same coin when it comes to the marriage bed. A woman will not please her husband who is not eager to be pleased by him because he, a good husband is interested in pleasing his wife and bringing joy to his wife. Maybe we just need to do our next episode on sex then. Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we should, because we're getting... What do you say, listeners? We're waxing (laughs) eloquent? Well, at least least loquacious on this topic today. So, yeah, we'll we'll call it here, and and maybe next, next time, let us know in the comments section of whatever place you find us. Twitter, Facebook, Instagab, whatever it is. And we will, uh, yeah, let us know if that if that's an episode you'd like to hear from us. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. We are tired, right? We are. It's been a week. But um, we are looking forward to seeing our patrons on Patreon this week as well. I, I think we're going to be putting out a an yeah. annotated bibliography. I did my full bibliography from 20 my full reading list from mm-hmm. 2022. I turned into an annotated bibliography. So Excellent. I've never done that before. So that's a great resource. You guys ask us all the time about books and Lexi particularly about a lot of the things she's reading about. So uh we are going to release that on our Patreon. Yeah. So there's a link in the description to support the show and also get access to a lot of resources like that. We've shared recipes, we've shared bibliographies, we've shared home health binders, reading lists for specific things. Uh, They're on Patreon. Usually we do a special uh, podcast called In the Kitchen, just for patrons, every single week. But this week, instead of that episode, we're going to be releasing this bibliography. So uh, you can join there with the link in the description. And as always, thanks to Garlands of Grace for sponsoring this episode as well. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Bright Hearth.